here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. We are going into week 18. It is the last, last, last week of the NFL regular season. Uh, Some teams still have some stuff to play for in the real game. And some of us out there still have a a part two of uh, a championship matchup or, or maybe the final, final game of your NFL fantasy football season. For those of you out there, obviously, best of luck. We are uh, we are going to try to give you one last good week of uh, waiver wire streamer pickups and starts and sits that we we think might get you over the hump. But if you've gotten this far, chances are you kind of know maybe who uh, who you're going to go with. I, I have a friend back this week, Pat. You're back from vacation. Thank God it, it was it was hell without you. Um, you know, very and, lonely. It was lonely. I did hear it was a very popular show, though. So I, I don't know if that just kind of happened to be the same thing, but probably the best one we've ever done. I would say best one you've done. Absolutely. <laughs> Contributions across the board. I, I did get the text with your starts and sits. Um, but no, how was your vacation, man? Everything went good. Yeah, we had a great time. Spent, you know, some time with the with the family, brought the dog with us, went uh, tube in and, uh, and, the, and the Poconos and did some did an indoor water park and you know we just we just spent some time as a family together doing all kinds of goofy stuff baking christmas cookies and stuff like that so it's you know your, your total hallmark you know moment there but uh i think maybe next time we decide to do something like that we we shoot for something a little bit shorter because like eight days of the kids being cooped up together uh, i felt like uh i felt like mills lane there for a little while i was like you go to this corner, you go to this corner and wait for my signal. Like it was, it was, it got pretty rough there for, for a little while, but you know, I mean, that's kids. You, you coop them up in a house together or a car together for an extended period of time. And uh, you're bound to get uh cold war type of tactics going on in the backseat. I, I, I just have one. So I, I don't, I don't know, uh, but I do understand. I know it can be, it can be tough and, and, you know, obviously get to enjoy that part of the holidays so here's to you my friend you survived you survived uh, <laughs> survived that more than i survived week 17 that's for sure I was gonna say yeah speaking <laughs> of which uh yeah you know while you were away I, I got bounced in my work league uh i'm out of everything of course now in the uh the dynasty league that we're in i'm actually doing rather well considering i don't need to <laughs> considering um, you're out of it at this point yeah, yeah, you know, trying to line myself up for a better draft pick, and and you know, can't stop winning now. Of course, <laughs> uh, it's just, just, it's just the way. And then, yeah, it looks like I'll probably end up maybe getting a shot at the number one pick in our league. Uh, that pick is long. Uh, that's going to to rob uh, part of a, a trade earlier this season. So, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Stop scoring so much, would you? Jesus, yeah, yeah doing everybody I, else I, over yeah. here. You know, all no. the, at, at, that's the that's the killer it's you know you look at those games during the year when you had 89 points and where you know you needed to put up a buck 20 to win and and you had no shot and then when you're out of it suddenly your players are like oh what's that (laughs) you want me to score oh no problem buddy i got you here hold my beer and it's like you know (laughs) you know i don't uh it's just the irony of it but you look at the 
the most consistent teams and players throughout the season. And right now that's why you have Jason and Mark in our final. If you look at the rosters as a whole, you know, the Cooper cups of the world, the Nick Chubbs, those guys that just, that's all they do is every week they score. And obviously Cooper cup alone is this historic pace. Uh, but we have a, we've got a couple other players out there that we'll mention that, that are, some of them are almost looking just as good as cup right now. So we'll, we'll have to get to that. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I still, I still have uh, one matchup, one the, the one championship that I'm in is still doable. It's it's going to be a stretch. I think I'm down down 32 going into the game tonight, but I still have Chubb and Najee Harris. Going to be tight. Going to be tight. I was I was uh, kicking myself there for for starting Antonio Brown in that game. Not that you know the writing on the wall. Didn't tell you that that was a good start, but uh, apparently, you know, I should have consulted his uh, his therapist before I put him in my lineup this week. Yeah, yeah, that uh, <laughs> that that was some news, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, we talked about that a little bit before we started, and and I mean, I don't know if I feel bad for the guy or if I, you know, it's just another one of these Devo wide receiver things, or if he really you know, seriously has some sort of mental issue that he needs to deal with or whatever. But, uh, you know, if that's the case, I, I mean, I wish the guy luck if, if he's just being a, a turd because he's being a turd. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I saw a tweet yesterday that said that, uh, I think he needed, I want to say it was like eight catches and 33 more yards to hit like these, these, Incentives yeah, and his a contract down, and he would have hit almost a like billion, a million dollars yeah. in bonuses combined. Yeah, I saw that. Like, I <clears throat> uh, can I go out there and play the last game for him and see if I can rack that up? Because I think, uh, if with Tom Brady throwing me the ball, I think there's a shot I could I'll give him half of that million back and just, just keep the other half. That's fine. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, and it, it, we saw. Calvin Ridley step away earlier this season. Like you said, we talked real briefly and you know, it is, it's sports and it's fantasy sports for us, but it is somebody's life. And you mm -hmm. do hope that, you know, whether it be involved in the sport anymore, just as a whole, you don't want to see uh, anything tragic pop off. You, you really just kind of want to see that maybe somebody gets their, gets their ship, right. It gets their correct, so to speak, uh, so that they can just move on with, with stuff. I mean, Hey, chances are the guys on a roster next year, regardless. And this time, I mean, it'll probably be good and unless the league steps in or, or, or does something like that based on his uh, on his antics uh, in New York. That's <laughs> still yeah, it is still uh, amazing to see to see what happened. But, you know, good luck to, to a big good luck to the Tampa Bay Bucks, except in the first round of the playoffs. Looks like the birds will probably be playing. them. Yeah, that's a possibility for sure. And uh, I don't think there's. As good as the Bucks are, I don't think there's a team that you would rather play in the playoffs. I think if you're the Eagles, because when you got stuff going on like that in the locker room, it's it's tough to concentrate and focus on the task ahead. And I know they have a game this week that will will probably, if if there's any letdown, this will be the week that there that 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 happens. But it, you got uh, Brown's gone now for the season. They lost Godwin for the season. You know, not that they're not still talented on offense. But I mean, I'd, I'd much rather face a, a depleted team, you know, in a playoff scenario than a team at full strength that's kind of coming into the playoffs on a hot streak. I mean, they almost lost to the Jets. They should have lost to the Jets yesterday. I I was reading some articles uh, this morning 
And apparently that that fourth down call that turned into a quarterback sneak was that was not supposed to be the play call. Apparently they came in and it was just it was a botched call and it was a it was a bad call. And, uh, you know, you gave Tom Brady a chance to win the game with two minutes left. And he was going to be pretty much knew that that was a foregone conclusion at that point. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I thought, you know, the Jets maybe would have a little something. The coach seems spunky and and obviously, yeah, court, rookie quarterback. He gets hurt during the season, but eh, they've, who knows, maybe next year. But yeah, like you said, when you, you look across that field and you give somebody of that caliber of, of player and the overall good team, a Super Bowl champion team, if you give them a chance to do that, pretty much a lock like you say you could just watch him march right down the field and oh there you go and there's the game and it's you know like you say it's one bad call one bad play but i think we're going to give people a shot here with our calls and maybe they make the play and who knows maybe they win a championship that's the hope that is the hope i mean i feel like at this point we're both uh long shots to win any championships this year unfortunately so hopefully uh some of our our listeners out there will have that opportunity and 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 take it home. And we would like if you do win a championship and any of that had anything to do with with you know us and and listening to you know any maybe the any advice that we give or or what have you, shoot us an email or or send us something on social media and let us know. We 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 want to celebrate your victory with you. So hopefully for those of you who are still playing week 18. We'll be able to help you out a little bit more for those of you who are finished up tonight, uh, like I am in, in one of my leagues. Good luck to you, and I uh, hope to bring home that that championship. What do you say? You want to dive in and uh, get this thing rolling? Yes, sir. We can get started. And Pat, I know you got a couple uh, couple streamers out there, uh, not left over from New Year's, I'm sure, but actual <laughs> wide receivers and running backs that that maybe have a little bit left in the tank based on the matchup could be that could be that pickup ad. Uh, and again, some of these may even go towards keepers for next year. So, uh, you know, again, what do you, what do you got for us, Pat? We always go running back first and, and we'll start there as you know, anybody who listens to this podcast knows I go and check the three main uh, fantasy football websites, NFL.com, ESPN and Yahoo. And, now Rashad Penny was owned in like 65 to 70% on ESPN and Yahoo, but for whatever reason, it was only 36.5% owned in, in NFL.com league. So if you do play in an NFL.com league and you need uh, you know, a running back or possibly a, a flex for week 18, Rashad Penny is possibly out there and available for you. Uh, he was the number two overall running back this past week. Now, granted, that was against the Detroit Lions, but Penny has gotten over 50% of the total snaps out of the backfield the last five weeks and over 65% of the rushing attempts. He's obviously the clear number one back there in Seattle with Chris Carson out. Penny seems to be the guy that has stepped up. And and I think that, you know, we talked about him a few weeks ago. Pete Carroll always liked him, always wanted to give the guy an opportunity. He's finally getting that opportunity and he's really taking advantage of it. And I think that he's making a name for himself. And if he either, if he stays with the Seahawks going into next year, or if I believe he's a restricted free agent, so there's a possibility he could be moving on with another team. I think that, you know, he's shown the NFL and GMs that he can 
get it done when when called upon and and the guys i mean he looked really good I, I i watched some of that game and he's got burst still and uh he's a he's a bigger guy doesn't go down very easily so if he's out there in your league even if you are on either of those other uh websites uh, go out and check and see if penny's available and if he is snag him you don't necessarily have to start him it's not the worst matchup this week but if you are looking for a running back and you have somebody like penny who is averaging 18 carries a game i think it's a no-brainer that you could easily throw him into your lineup and possibly get a touchdown or getting 18 carries a game the guy's bound to to do something and and if he does anything like he did in week 17 which i think was something to the tune of 170 yards and two touchdowns that's a potential league winning type of week so go out and grab rashad penny if he is available I'm going to go ahead and skip past the next one here because as we just found out, a lot of the Eagles players are going on the COVID IR. We, we literally just found that out as we were about to start the podcast. That's so, coincidence because they really don't have anything to play for either in week 18. Oh, yes. Surprise, surprise. But, one way uh, to keep them safe. <laughs> I guess what we could do is we could switch over to the, the guy that you and I were talking about. You know, We believe is going to probably get the lion's share of the, of the carries this weekend against Dallas. They're probably going to be Kenny Gainwell, and Gainwell has looked good when he's had the opportunity to be a part of that offense. I, I don't know. I don't understand the rhyme or reason behind the running back usage in Philadelphia, and I'm an Eagles fan, so I don't expect you know other people to be able to figure that out. But it does look like Gainwell is probably going to be the highest up on the depth chart as far as healthy backs going into this game. Now, these players that were put on the COVID list it is Monday, so there's a possibility that you know they could be cleared come game time. But as you and I kind of discussed before the before the podcast started, more than likely this this move to put these guys on the COVID IR is an effort to basically not play them this week because you know the Eagles don't have anything to play for. They can't win the division. I mean, they could potentially move up to the six seed from the seven, but that doesn't really matter. It's not like you're getting a home game, you know, as a six seed more than likely, unless, you know, obviously the seven seed wins out and you win out, which is generally unlikely. So uh, I don't see the Eagles playing a bunch of their players. I do think that Gainwell is a potential start. He's going to get a lot of work and he's very low owned. I I didn't unfortunately do the math on him because I wasn't expecting uh, you know, him to be the guy there. I, I thought it was going to be Boston Scott again this week. But if again, if you're looking for a running back in week 18 and you've got, say, somebody like Aaron Jones or, you know, one of these these guys that, you know, could potentially not be playing this week because their teams also have nothing to gain, I think Kenny Gainwell is definitely a – he's worth a shot. You know what I mean? He's worth putting on your bench and and see what you got and and see what the – See what it looks like heading into Saturday. Another guy, again, playing on a team with really nothing to play for at this point, but pride, uh, Jarrett Patterson. He had a really good game against Philadelphia this past weekend. Antonio Gibson could potentially be back next week. But if you're Washington, why would you play Gibson? You know what you have in him. You know going into next season, he's going to be basically what he was going into this season, which is your number one running back. And he's already been dealing with a you know a shin and concussion and I think he was on the COVID list this week. Like why, why bring the guy back and put?
put him into action in a game that means absolutely nothing. So I think Patterson could uh, potentially be the number one back in Washington again this week. And judging from what he did this past week in Philadelphia or in against Philadelphia, excuse me, they were at home. Uh, you know, I think he, he for sure could be in a starting lineup and contribute to winning you a fantasy championship. Rex Burkhead for the Houston Texans. He's 29% owned. Since week 11, Burkhead has a pretty commanding lead over all of the other running backs in Houston with just under 60% of the total rush attempts. Now, Tennessee is the number one ranked defense versus the running back in fantasy football, and they are playing to keep that top seed in the AFC and the bye, which is very, very important if you're a team like Tennessee who's looking to get Derrick Henry back. Having to not play that first week of the playoffs is, is a huge advantage to you. So I do think Tennessee is going to come out and play hard. I do think that they're going to continue to stop the run. So I'm not super excited to throw Burkhead in my lineup if, if I need a running back. I would much rather take any of these guys that we talked about previously. But if you're really stuck, Burkhead is the guy that's getting most of the work. He gets most of the targets out of the backfield at the running back position for the Texans. And I think that I know you like Davis Mills, Scott, and he's been playing extremely well. And I think that, you know, there's there's at least a, a chance that the Texans keep this game interesting and and put some points on the board as, as good as Tennessee is against the running back position. They're the 31st team overall against the wide receiver position. Not that that does anything for Burkhead, but I do think that it does lend itself to potentially being a little bit closer of a game. And in these close games, you never know a guy like Burkhead could fall into the end zone and, you know, with a couple of receptions and some yards could end up picking you up 12 to 15 fantasy points, even in a game where you're going against the, uh, the number one ranked team versus the running back position. And the last guy I'm going to mention at the running back position is Dontrell Hilliard in that same game. While I do think it's possible that Houston keeps that game close, it's also very possible that Tennessee does exactly what they did this past week versus Miami and completely just obliterates the Texans. If that's the case, I think that Hilliard, who's only roughly 20% owned in the, those three website formats, I think that he gets a lot of the, what I'd like to call the, the clockwork uh, stuff at the end where, you know, teams are ahead, they're trying to run out the clock and, you know, they're just kind of handed the ball off. Hilliard seems to, especially when he's not being used frequently throughout the game because Foreman has kind of taken over that number one running back role. Hilliard comes in fresh and he looks really good. Uh, he ran for a touchdown this week in that same role. And I think that, you know, depending on how far out of reach this game gets, which, you know, like I said, it, it's potential that it, it could be close. It's also potential that it could be a complete blowout. If it is a blowout, I think Hilliard's a, a good start. But again, that's not something I would really bet on, which is why I kind of just threw Burkhead and Hilliard in at the end. I, I would much rather, I would m more be inter more interested in Patterson, Rashad Penny for sure, uh, Kenny Gainwell, guys like that, where you're pretty sure that they're going to get a majority of of the work uh, this week. And, and week 18 is difficult, which is why a lot of leagues don't continue playing into week 18, because it is sometimes hard to, you know, you, you stack your roster with all these good players and then all of a sudden none of them are playing. But I like that aspect of fantasy football. I feel like that is a much 
better gauge on which fantasy managers are paying attention, which ones are engaged and involved. And, you know, one of the leagues that I'm in this week, a guy, I'll say his name. It's fine. It's my brother, my brother, Joey. He won a, well, I shouldn't say one, it's not over yet, but he's probably most likely going to win a championship. And he went up against Jamar Chase in his, you know, 266 yard, three touchdown performance. And my brother's two running backs were Dare Ogumbawale and Rashad Penny. And those plays along with, you know, some other good players that he has on this team, like Devontae Adams and Patrick Mahomes, those two running backs helped keep him close enough to where, uh, you know, Devontae Adams was, was able to help pull help him pull ahead this, this week. And it, you know, it's one of those things where he's paying attention. He knew that he had, I think, uh, Antonio Gibson who was out and he picked up some, some guys that he knew were going to get touches. And just so happened that, you know, Rashad Penny ended up blowing up in that game versus Detroit. And that's why he's good at fantasy football. That's why he has won the championship in this league more than once. So that's the kind of stuff that I, I like this kind of stuff. I would much rather, I love working the waiver wire the last week of the season because there's so many good values out there um, that people just aren't paying attention to because they're not big names. But as we all know, opportunity is king in fantasy football. And if you're getting opportunities, you're much more likely to score fantasy points than if you're not. So those are the running backs I think could get some opportunities this week. If you are looking for somebody to fill in, like I said, for a guy like Antonio Gibson, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, you know, any of these guys who Ezekiel Elliott, who could potentially not play or not play very much this week. I think that these guys are, are at least usable stand-ins in, in those instances. As far as wide receivers, uh, I, I don't know if you want to add anything to to this wide receiver core. I really didn't see a, a ton of wide receivers out there. You know, I went through and I looked at targets over the last few weeks, fantasy production, and really there's only two guys that stand out to me personally. One of them is a guy you mentioned to me yesterday, Scott Zay Jones. I, I have noticed that he's been doing a little bit more each week, but it was kind of, I, I guess, because it was little by little. It didn't really hit me, but when I went back and I looked at the last four weeks as a whole, he's averaging eight and a half targets over the last four games. And his fantasy numbers are obviously reflecting that he's averaging over almost 13 PPR fantasy points per game in those last four games. And each game it's gotten more and more. It was like five and then 11 and then 15, 21, something. So he's, he's, He's becoming more involved now and each game is getting better and better for him. And I think that, you know, obviously their car is becoming a little bit more comfortable with Zay Jones in that offense, especially now that they're missing Darren Waller, obviously the whole Henry Ruggs thing, you know, that went down. I think that he needs another option besides Hunter Renfro. And that had always sort of been Darren Waller. And now that Waller is gone, He's starting to target Zay Jones and it's it's working out for both of them. I mean, he's Zay Jones is doing well and Derek Carr is, I mean, the Raiders are winning games. They're still in the playoff hunt, which I honestly didn't think that that was going to be the case a few weeks ago. The only other guy that I personally want to mention is 
Tyler Johnson from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now he's not going to be uh, an eight target a game guy. So, you know, running out and picking up a guy like Tyler Johnson is probably not the most prudent of moves. But if you are stuck, if you're in a spot where you really need wide receiver help, I think Tyler Johnson's possibly, he's not going to step into the Antonio Brown role or the Chris Godwin role or anything like that. I think that he, he's one of those guys who will, he'll be a role player, but every time I have seen him play, he just seems like he's, he's a good player. He's a good wide receiver. He makes tough catches. He gets open. Brady looks for him a lot when he's in the game. And I just think that, you know, a good young player like Tyler Johnson finally getting an opportunity to show what he can do going into the playoffs. I think that this week might be a week where it, depending on how much Brady plays in that game, this could be a game where, you know, Brady looks to sort of form a connection with him so that going into the playoffs, he's got more weapons that he's comfortable with and more guys that he, uh, you know, has that, that mind meld will with that, that he has with like guys like Rob Gronkowski and Mike Evans. So I think that, Johnson's a guy who, if you're looking for a dart throw, he could potentially have a, a huge week. He could also potentially do nothing. But uh, if you're really, I know at this time of year, you're sometimes you're really stretching for uh, waiver wire pickups if, if you need to pick up a guy. So Johnson's a guy who, you know, now with Antonio Brown being off the team and obviously with Chris Godwin being on IR, I think Johnson is the natural number two wide receiver on that team now. And I think that, you know, he could potentially put up enough fantasy points to, to be, to be relevant in a, a week 18 game. Anybody you want to add Scott, any wide receivers that, that you saw or, or even running backs at this point? I mean, no, no offense. I, I will, you know, honestly, like, yeah, like a Zay Jones, like somebody like that who has come on strong at the end of the season with getting more, getting more involved. And, and again, you've seen that happen. There's, there's obviously some, other names that are already rostered, you know, on teams and, and everything because they've just gotten hot fast. But no, I, I mean, again, I, like I think a lot of them are like, again, like a Zay Jones is like a guy out there who I think some of that was also because of Waller not being there, Moreau not carrying the load and yeah, Renfro really being the only other option. Um, you know, you would think like a KJ Osborne maybe would get a little uptick in in usage and at the same time that doesn't always transfer over but i mean last night he had three receptions 50 yards and a touchdown he's been a touchdown dependent kind of guy he may still be floating around out there um and again that's with minnesota that's really going to depend on if you have kirk cousins quarterbacking versus Sean Mannion, kellen mond somebody along those lines but no i, I mean I, at this point i think it's really if you're taking a stab at somebody you really just want to look at recency bias so to speak in target share and then okay do they have a solid matchup based off of that you know like a, a laquan treadwell had been pretty hot for a couple of weeks do you want to pick them up maybe you know i i think jacksonville is going to leave it all out on the field so to speak for their last game but you know whether or not that does transfer over to fantasy points and, and relevance versus a guy like like you said, there, there's really not a lot out there. That the Gainwell running back one, I will say, was is pretty cheeky too because he's had his best output when it was that game and a 
half, so to speak, with like Gardner Minshew out there, who you very well might see play a half or possibly the whole game against the Cowboys on Saturday. If that's the case, then yeah, I think Gamewell suddenly is a 25-point guy because he's making plays out of the backfield and Dallas going through the motions as well because these teams are just really trying to circle the wagons, get through a week without any significant COVID cases or injuries. And again, we just saw that happen with the Eagles. It's ironic that they get a dozen COVID cases going into a Oh, it's a meaningless game. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's meaningful to the diehard fans. We're going to sit against Dallas and yeah, uh, absolutely. But at the same time for both teams, they're just angling to stay safe and as healthy as possible going into the first week of the playoffs because that's more important. And again, it's when they meet it, again. I, I, right. <laughs> I mean, right now, looking at it, the, the way a lot of the, the playouts are. I did see something earlier. It looks like heavily leaning probably to Tampa Bay as being our opponent. I think the Rams are the second option. Dallas, I think, is like a certain series of wins, including a Dallas win, has to happen for that to all filter out. So, I mean, by them by them losing, that actually helped us maybe not have to play them in back-to-back weeks, which would have been kind of cheesy. You know, we, we didn't do that well, I think, the last time. That was Donovan's air guitar game. <laughs> coming off of I think it was like the week 17 we dominated them and then we go out there and get smoked in the playoffs so you know yeah I think the I think the the well is pretty dry but again there's a couple names out there and I, like I said last week maybe look at like Devontae Booker I, I don't see the Giants doing much to try to force the issue with Saquon again he's he's put up some numbers but I mean Booker just seems like he's a little bit more uh, you know, uh, healthy. I mean, deep down. And again, that Giants team, it's going to be probably overhaul city for them in the offseason. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, right now it looks like right now the Rams hold the two seed in the NFC, assuming all of the top seeds win, which, you know, obviously is a bold assumption. But assuming everybody stays in the position that they're in at the moment, we get the Rams uh, round one. And yeah, in order for Dallas to jump to the two seed, which would, I think the Eagles are pretty much locked into the seven seed. I, I think, um, I guess they could move to six, in which case Dallas could move to three and potentially there, there could be another, you know, one of those back to back. So it feels like it, all the Eagles have played is all NFC East teams the last five weeks anyway. So why not, you know, throw another one in there against the Cowboys in the playoffs, but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think I don't see them meeting again in the playoffs. At least not in the first round, barring some some pretty crazy uh, losses a- ahead of them. But uh, I mean, anything's possible in the NFL, I guess. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if that's it for running backs, wide receivers, let's move into our streaming section. Some of these single position positions in fantasy football, the quarterbacks, the tight ends, your, your defenses and special teams. Uh, you know, a lot of people obviously are streaming these positions. I would think quarterback would probably be the position that you would least be streaming, but especially this week, if you're playing in week 18, you're most likely going to be losing some of your top guys. Aaron Rodgers is most likely not going to play. We had just talked Jalen hurts probably not going to play. Um, I, I don't see, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Philadelphia to play him. I honestly, again, with Dallas sort of already locking up the division and not really, 
I mean, I guess they're going to, they're going to want to win this game, but I don't think they're going to, I think Dak Prescott's health is probably a little bit more important to them than potentially moving up to the two or three seed. You know, there's, there's definitely going to be some quarterbacks this week that are not going to play. And we have a couple streaming options for you. Um, if you happen to have any of those guys on your roster, any of these guys you've been kind of leaning on to, to get you through so far. So for me personally, and again, Scott, you can add to this if you'd, uh, if you'd like, if you, if you see that I miss anybody or anybody that you'd like uh, in particular, but the three guys that I have, Taysom Hill versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are the third worst team versus the quarterback position. Uh, Taysom Hill's been pretty solid as a starting quarterback in fantasy. You know, maybe not an actual starting quarterback in the NFL, but he does enough to, to get the Saints where they need to be. They got to win this week. They're still in playoff contention, which is why I like him, uh, especially in a, in a game against the Atlanta Falcons. I think that, you know, what he lacks in his arm, he makes up for with his legs. And in fantasy, you know me, I love being a Russian quarterback in fantasy. So I would, if I had, you know, everybody available on the waiver wire and I had to, to pick up one of these guys and start them this week, it would probably be Taysom Hill. I also like Ben Roethlisberger versus the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are the second worst team to the quarterback position. Now, Roethlisberger obviously doesn't add anything with his legs like Taysom Hill does, but he's got a lot of talent around him. And that's kind of been my, uh, you know, my my argument for being able to start Jimmy Garoppolo uh, in some games this year is because even though San Francisco does run the ball a ton, there's just a ton of talent on that team and, and a lot of guys can score. And I think that uh, just like San Francisco, Pittsburgh has a lot of talent. Roethlisberger could very easily dump the ball off to, you know, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Fryer Musley. He's just got guys that that he can throw touchdowns to. And, uh, and I really like uh, Roethlisberger versus Baltimore. The last quarterback that I have as a potential streamer is Carson Wentz versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are the seventh worst team to the quarterback position. Now, Indianapolis tends to lean on Jonathan Taylor in that run game a little bit more. But the Colts are also one of these teams that are still they're a, they're a need to win team in order to get into the playoffs. And I think that, you know, at this point in a lot of games, you'll see teams sort of just, just do enough to win and, you know, not pour it on. I think in these, in these games where you don't want to leave anything to chance, you want to crush your opponent and make sure that, you know, you win this game so that you can get into the playoffs. I think that the Colts pull out all the stops and I think that you could see a big, potentially big game from Carson Wentz this week versus Jacksonville. Uh, moving on to tight ends. You have, you have some tight ends or I have a couple written down. Uh, I have or do you have any stuff. quarterbacks? I'm, I'm sorry. I jumped right past. Do you have any quarterbacks that you wanted to mention? Nobody, miss, maybe? nobody jumped out at me. I mean, nah, I, I mean, again, the only, not, the only other guy, uh, I don't know. Did you, you didn't just say Tyler Huntley, did you? No, I did not. Yeah, I, I, that's I, only because I expect Lamar Jackson to be back. <laughs> Wait, week. is that his name? Does he still play football? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I mean, somebody like him, I could see if again, if Jackson sits out because Baltimore's got to like win and have everything else line up, so they're still theoretically something to play for. I think that's going to mm-hmm. be a monster actual big game and an under game and stuff like that. You know, he's a potential 
last minute guy where maybe both teams are just slugging it. I, I don't know if the matchup's going to give him a ton of points, but, and again, the only other guy that I'm, you know, I'm big on is like I said, like Davis Mills. I just really, I really like him. I know it's Tennessee this week who, again, they have something to play for. He didn't have a terrific game against San Francisco, but again, maybe just with blowout concepts, maybe he starts launching it a little bit and, and gets involved. But now, nah, I, I, and, and again, Eagles wise, you know, just being a little more in the know, it hasn't, nothing's been confirmed yet, but uh, you might see a heavy Gardner Minshew kind of game where, again, he's a guy who could get you somewhere around 18 to 25 points based on just, you know, getting out there and being the quarterback for the game. He doesn't know he's, he's not trying to lose anything. He's out there to win if he is. That's more speculative, I think, than anything. But no, nah, I, I think for the most part, again, like a Taysom Hill, again, with New Orleans needing to win and get in. And looking to really just exploit anything with him with the with the pass as much as yeah with his legs that'll that'll probably be one of your top picks. Yeah, I guess you could. I you could. I guess you could throw Trey Lance in there as well with San Francisco needing yeah. to win to get in as well. I, I mean, Lance didn't. He hasn't really impressed me in the games that I've seen him play this year. And he's a rookie. He he's not. He's not even getting as as much experience as guys like Justin Fields even who started a, you know, five, six games in a row. So Lance is, is, is probably going to be farther back as, as far as potential streaming quarterbacks, but he does, again, he, he is a guy who adds something with his legs. So there is always the potential there for a rushing touchdown or two. You know, I don't see him throwing for a ton of yards. I just, you know, I, I feel like San Francisco is probably going to run the ball like 40 times in that game. And, you know, I, I don't see Lance as, as being a, anybody's going to pass for anywhere near 300 yards, but you know, there is potential there that he could, you know, rush for 75 and a touchdown or something like that, which is, you know, I guess that the quarterback position isn't the best, but if you maybe throw in maybe a passing touchdown and 150 yards, I mean, it could be a decent game. So, I mean, I wouldn't want to have to lean on him in a championship, you know, week, but no, I mean, not with in, this matchup. No, no, not Rams, against the Rams. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I mean, they do they do need to win this game in order to to secure their spot in the playoffs. So I think you know Shanahan pulls out all the stops and and they uh, they do whatever they got to do to try to win this game. So all right, let's uh, let's move on to the tight end position. Then who you said you had a tight end that you that you like this week? A couple guys that are probably still floating around out there. Um, first, be Colkmet. Uh, got the Minnesota Vikings this week. Um, again, really, it's based on targets. I mean, he's he's been the fifth most targeted tight end roughly in the last four weeks, which obviously the opportunities there. He didn't have a tremendous game, um, unfortunately, over the weekend. But uh, just based on that, and you're starting to see a little bit more of an emergence with him being used more. Granted, the quarterback position has been a little bit of a uh, roller coaster, but now you're starting to see everything settle down. I mean, he was only two catches for 25 yards, but it was a game that was not really going to look to go nuts. I mean, they blew the Giants away, which kind of most people thought would happen. It's really just been him and Darnell Mooney as far as targets, you know, Allen Robinson, we hardly knew you, and David Montgomery's kind of taken over big time at, at, at the running back position just in fantasy alone, but uh, you know, Cole Komet, I think with the targets that he's gotten uh, outside of a little bit of a clunker this week, you know, he had a couple double digit games. And I mean, again, those and, and a couple bordering on 10 points, which 
He's doing it all without catching touchdowns. So even this weekend, if he had a touchdown, I would have put him into double digits, which would have probably helped you out. Another guy I like, and this is kind of based on the matchup, so to speak. I mentioned him a couple of weeks back with CJ Uzuma for Cincinnati. As far as targets, uh, last four weeks, he's kind of been like around tied for like seventh in targets. That offense that offense is something else, really. I mean, again, we see the wide receivers doing what they do in the last few weeks. Higgins, Jamar Chase, uh, Tyler Boyd is still slightly involved in, in mixing as a running back. But uh, I think with the Bengals getting to the point where they're at and probably looking to maybe take it easy a little bit, I think you might see Barrow or even possibly a backup in there uh, looking to utilize Uzumwa a little bit and, again, keep those wideouts healthy. You, you don't want to go into a first-round playoff game and – be down a Jamar Chase because you didn't need to overdo it. And and obviously those guys did what they needed to do to clinch their division. So they really don't have, they could play for number one, um, but they would also need tons of losses, Titans, Chiefs, Patriots, uh, you know, things like that. So they're probably going to be kind of locked in, in their spot, which is roughly three, maybe move up to two again, but they're still going to have that home matchup. So there's nothing they need to, to duck. So I like Uzumwa a little bit there. Another game that's going to involve, uh, you know, quarterback play, getting involved with Carson Wentz. I know you mentioned him. Mo Alley Cox. Last two games, he's combined for five catches and seventy yards. Jack Doyle's a little banged up. They they weren't even sure if he was going to suit up this week. If that's the case, it could be also lingering going into this week against the Raiders who, again, this is a game the Raiders need. Obviously, Indianapolis needs to win as well to make sure that they stay in the playoffs. I, I could see Cox getting used a little bit because, you know, Pittman is their number one target guy, and it's going to be tough. They have a good secondary overall that the Raiders do. But when it comes to those alternative options, when it comes to the guys near the goal line, Allie Cox and, and Doyle, but I, I feel like Allie Cox has been getting a little bit more of a look on that level, and he's a guy that could help you out. And last but not least, uh, uh, another dart, so to speak, uh, that you might jump on. Last two weeks, Cameron Braid is at a touchdown each game. I know it's Gronkowski's the number one tight end overall, but given the situation that has just come up with the wide <laughs> receiving core between injuries and other things, I know you mentioned like Tyler Johnson and, and you know, obviously Mike Evans is back and healthy, but relatively with the quotes around healthy. Uh, that's another team that's probably going to look to just make sure they kind of stay within the two to three slot for a home field playoff game, not with a lot to to lose, so to speak. Uh, a camera break getting the looks that he does near the goal line. Again, that touchdown alone is going to get you six points with the reception seven. And, and then again, you're looking at maybe another one or two down the line. So he's got the potential for double digits in this last week uh, based off of that. Yeah, absolutely. It just a couple guys I, I want to throw in there too. In the Chargers Raiders game, I actually like both tight ends. Both teams are bottom six. Uh, Chargers are actually the worst versus the tight end position on the season. And the Raiders are the sixth worst versus the tight end position. Jared Cook and Foster Moreau could both have decent games. This is a game that both of the, I mean, these teams are literally, it's the Sunday night game because they're literally playing for the last playoff spot basically in the AFC. And I think that, you know, both of these guys could potentially need to step up and both have to, you know, make plays in order for their team to win this game. 
Uh, we just talked a little bit about Zay Jones sort of becoming a necessity in Las Vegas. And I think that while that's true, I think that it's all hands on deck week 18 and, and you know, last game to potentially make her or not make the playoffs. So I think Foster Moreau could play a big role in this game. And Jared Cook, obviously, for the Chargers, you know, Cook isn't, again, he's not the most involved tight end. But with Donald Parham being out uh, with that that concussion, Raiders not being a very good team versus the tight end position, there is a potential there that Jared Cook could have a decent game in, in a spot where he's necessary, basically. The thing with Cook that got me a little bit was, uh, and I saw he missed the Denver game with COVID, and I wasn't sure they're making it sound rather murky, so to speak, that uh, you know whether or not he makes it back in time and gets cleared. Um, you know, to come off of the COVID list, so to speak. Yeah, I, I know I've talked about him a couple of times where, yeah, you see the targets there. He's just not catching the football. And that's mm-hmm. what's so frustrating in that offense that, you know, with all the potential potential targets, like you say, over like the last so many weeks and to see that, yeah, like, you know, he's basically been in top 12 in targets, but and down near the goal line. Like, that's the other thing. He's getting red zone targets, too. He's just not turning those into any type of fantasy goal for, for you or I or somebody else out there, but you figure the law of averages says something has to happen. Now, if, if he doesn't play, uh, I think Steven Anderson is the immediate backup. He could be involved possibly, you know, it's really kind of tricky uh, uh, when it comes down to it, but yeah, if cook's available, I think he's just based on, like you say, between matchups and targets, I think he's got to be involved. And, and we've seen him be a very strong contributor in fantasy before. And I know, I think this is his first year out there with the Chargers. Uh, you know, whether or not it's just not, he's not on the same page with Herbert or, or can't handle the heat that Herbert slings, you know, whatever the case may be. The other one, I would say, I know with Foster Moreau, uh, I, there is word that Darren Waller might be coming back this week because it's one of those must win games. Now, this could actually benefit Moreau more because he seems like he's been more productive as a second, third, fourth option, so to speak, on that offense where he's the guy that gets open because, yeah, Waller's get, getting covered. Renfro's getting covered. Now you get a Zay Jones. You're starting to help spread that out a little bit more. And finally, Derek Carr looks for him because he had a big game against the Eagles, which, A, that happens because you play the Eagles. But that was also because, uh, especially against a team like that, that second tight end, that if they can make plays – um, you know, receiving have the options to do it. Where whereas right now Moreau's getting covered as as a number one tight end option, and you know right now he's just not built for it. You know whether or not you give him an off season to see what happens, it's a it's a different story. But yeah, I, I think those are definitely two two options if they're healthy and playing, and and <laughs> who knows where we'll be at by by Saturday and Sunday. That's true. We'll I feel like we record these things on Monday, and then by the time Friday comes around, I'm like, well, everything we said is completely like a wash now at this point and i go i almost feel like we would have been better off recording oh yeah, yeah my Kirk cousin's quarterback uh, start of the week was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like oh yeah he's gonna you know they're gonna get into a matchup and let and then yeah he goes on the COVID list and it's like well okay you know yeah and, and it is what it is you're not gonna pull out a substitution so i guess for next year we'll have to do backup starts and backup sits to uh, to account. We'll do, well, if we'll do two. Play, this is my number two, and then yeah, we'll we'll confuse the hell out of everybody. So wait, was we'll, that your third sit, or was he your second start? I'm not sure. We'll uh, do two, and it'll be like it's like golf. It'll be like best ball. Whichever one does the best, that's the one that we meant to pick. And yeah, yeah. That's who we'll put down for record, and 
That's the right one. That was, yeah. that was not to be mentioned. That was. That yeah, was that other else. one. That other one was supposed to be edited out. I don't know what happened there. Something in post production. I don't know. Yeah, you know things like that happen. <laughs> Uh, right, so, so yeah, tight ends, tight ends are kind of slim, but you know, again, that's a different position. Moving on uh, to our defense, special teams. Uh, again, a lot of you are going to have the the big dogs out there for fantasy purposes in your lineup. If you if you haven't already acquired one, or you get busted on waivers going into week eighteen and think, damn, how come? Blah blah blah. A couple teams, and again, these are uh, the way I'm looking at it is is that these are like must wins for these teams for most of them the tennessee titans against the houston texans again the titans have the ability to possibly pull off the number one seed which you know if anybody can get a bye week that's the thing if these teams still have a shot a legitimate shot to get a week off to just kind of rest everybody and and get them to a a good spot i think that that's something that could play into it they're playing the houston texans who as we know houston isn't very strong on offense. Again, we, we like a couple of their players, but again, that's usually a super-based matchup concept on that level. Um, but the Titans can do it with wins and then combined losses. So looking at that defense, I think they're going to go out and try to kick names and take ass when it comes to the Houston Texans. <laughs> um, Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Baltimore Ravens. The game as of uh, the game as a whole, I like both defenses. And, and honestly, Here's why. I, I I know Baltimore's defense has been really leaky. They didn't do horrible against the Rams. Now, granted, Stafford's been on a little bit of a funk lately, which that's something else with, with the interceptions. But and Pittsburgh as well. Like, were these teams to to really be even involved in, in any concept of a playoff? They have to win. They have to again leave it all out there. Uh Either defense, I feel like, based on the way the offenses have been on the other side of the ball, have potential. The Steelers, especially if they're going against Huntley versus maybe Lamar Jackson, maybe maybe an, a slightly unhealthy Lamar, if his mobility is limited and they decide to throw him out there and everybody can see he's just not he's not Lamar Jackson, he's not making plays, again, that'll play right into a, a defense like that to cause trouble, turnovers, keep the score low. And these matchups in these games tend to be just that. Your your AFC North, except for Cincinnati now that puts up 50 points a game, but you know, your Pittsburgh, your Baltimore, your your Cleveland, they tend to be the low scoring, grinded out under city type of final scores. And again, those all play into you know what you have Pittsburgh it could be Ben Roethlisberger's last game period let alone in Pittsburgh and trying to make the playoffs which they can still do with the right amount again those two defenses Baltimore and Pittsburgh I think are really going to try to and with the matchup being what it is I think they're really going to try to do their best and and that could benefit you in a pinch if you are really looking for somebody I would lean Pittsburgh more than Baltimore uh, again but but I would take the Ravens in, in a one in a one game scenario Another must-win uh, Las Vegas Raiders against the Chargers. Uh, yes, I know the Chargers are a pretty solid offense. Uh, they are barely in the playoffs, though, at 9-7, and seven, but they're in. And again, the Raiders really are one of those control-your-own-destiny type teams. But with a, with a division matchup, I think that there's a little bit to be said of, again, that defense – Solid secondary, um, kind of built to try to take out the Chiefs, let alone the Chargers. And 
we've seen some games where the Chargers, as good as they are, they just really can't can't get anything going on offense. You know, uh, I think that Eckler should be back. He should be okay to play. Uh, obviously, that's the way it is. But the Chargers have to win to get in. They're going to be playing hard too. But most people already have that defense, and it's also a win and in for the Raiders. You know, so again, they they can also get in with Colts and Steelers losses. Yes, you know things like that. But at the end of the day, I like them. And and finally, if you're really in a pinch, the Minnesota Vikings are playing the Chicago Bears. Bears are the 28th best worst, however you want to look at it, when it comes to giving up points to a defense. Again, the Bears really have nothing to play for. You'll probably see Matt Nagy get fired possibly right after the game, but they might give them till Monday morning, 8 a.m. Um, so I think as a whole, they're going to just kind of look to get out of there without getting anybody hurt. Again, you've had uh, you know good players for them overall the, throughout the season, but as a whole, the Bears just aren't a good football team. And the Vikings are pissed. You know, they, they, every year they, they seem like they get to the playoffs, can't get over the hump, or, or they have a good team and just can't get enough wins. We, see all, we saw them lose a couple games this year where they should have been in there. Uh, and now defensively, sometimes they've lacked, but they do get turnovers. They do get sacks. And again, those are all things that help you out. So defensively, if you're looking to stream, I like Tennessee versus Houston. I'll pick them, but I'd lean Pittsburgh between Pittsburgh and Baltimore's defenses. I like the Raiders in a must-win matchup against the Chargers. And finally, the Minnesota Vikings against the Matt Nagy last game. <laughs> Chicago <laughs> Bears. Uh, you know, again, I, I just see that being something there that that might squeeze some points out. Uh, you know, garbage time picks and stuff like that. Uh, Pat, anybody on your radar? Just two, and, and again, they're both, like you said, they're both winning in type teams. Uh, I like the Saints uh, versus Atlanta. The Saints are really good, obviously, at stopping the run. Atlanta hasn't been throwing the ball really effectively. And I think that, again, in, in a situation like this where the Saints have to win this game in order to potentially make the playoffs, you know, depending obviously on what happens with San Francisco, I think that the Saints are going to do everything they can to win this game. And, and I think that the defense realizes that they are going to need to put it on their back and, you know, make sure that they, that they give their offense a chance to, to win this game. And I, these, these guys probably are not available because I think they're like the third ranked defense overall in, in, the, uh, in fantasy. But if they're out there, if anybody dropped them, the Colts versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, again, the Colts, you know, again, they have to win in order to, to maintain a playoff position and, this is this is honestly a game that I think will turn into a blowout. Like I'm, I'm it's to me this is probably the the game that if I had to put money on uh, a game, uh, a potential you know point spread, so to speak, um, I would pick the Colts to cover anything you know up even up to double digits. I think in in this game, I think it's it's going to be a it's going to be a, a a blowout basically. I mean that's that's what I'm getting at here. And, and the Colts obviously. Um, you know, they, they create the, they're tied, I believe with Dallas with the most turnovers forced in the league <clears throat> and the Jags are the worst team with the most, they have the most turnovers in the league. So it's just one of those games where I think the Colts could potentially have three or four turnovers, you know, potentially a defensive touchdown. It's, I just think it's going to be a really ugly, ugly game for, for Jacksonville. 
But that's about it. I mean, you could potentially throw Washington football team out there versus the Giants this week. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just, that's another dumpster fire. The Giants. Yeah, I mean, it, I played the Bears this week in my in my championship, and uh, I was I was deciding between them and and somebody else, and I'm just like, how do how do you not play a defense against the Giants? I mean, they they are literally they had no wide receivers. Yeah, best sort of Galladay, and he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I think, you know, again, not that the, either of those teams are playing for anything at this point in time, but Washington's defense has been better the last six weeks. They they were really bad at the beginning of the season. They went through like a four-game stretch where they played really, really well, and I think the team actually went 4-0 during that four-game stretch. And, um, you know, they've kind of regressed a little bit again, but they're, they're still a decent defense, and the Giants' offense is just in shambles at this point. And I think that, again, if, if all of these other options are – not available. Um, Washington is is definitely an option. I think that you could throw in there and and potentially, uh, you know, help you win a, a championship in, in week eighteen. But yeah, yeah, not too scared of uh, you know Pennywise there, Mike Glennon by any stretch. It's just not. <laughs> I mean, and that's it. You know, if they, if they had Daniel Jones and yeah, a few more weapons, they'd be respectable. But yeah, mm-hmm. to see the injuries that they've had and. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say I feel bad for him by any stretch, but yeah, that that definitely the the football team looking to kind of end the season and a Ron Rivera coach team versus a Joe Judge. I would take that eight days a week. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, well, I think that's it, right? Yeah, folks. Uh, I, I think when it comes to week 18 finale of uh, waiver wire pickups, you know, both running back and wide receiver. And then if you're streaming QBs, you're streaming tight ends and you're streaming defenses, uh, we just tried to give you a little bit of info in case you were leaning one way or the other. We're giving you our expert opinion uh, here on the nine route fantasy football podcast. This will be it for our streamers and uh, waiver wire pickups for the 2021 uh, fantasy football season. We hope that you've had a lot of fun listening and, and hopefully we've been helpful to get you uh, over the hump on a week to week game by game basis, looking at matchups and different things like that. Again, we do appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, we love everybody out there and uh, we will uh, probably recount when, when it's all said and done and, and go back ourselves and see how right and wrong we were and, and, you know, start to get ready for 2022 before you know it. So there's some drafting coming up and, and, you know, different things like that. So, We'll uh, we'll definitely see you in the next one, folks, where we touch base on our final starts and sits for the season. But for right now, for Pat, I am Scott, and we will see you for week 18 start sits in the next one, folks. Peace. We'd like to sincerely thank you for listening to the show. You can follow us on Twitter at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco. We put out a lot of funny and informative information on there our email address if you'd like to email the show is the nine route ffb at gmail.com make sure to click the little plus wherever you're listening to follow the show and if you like what we do please leave us a review good luck this week and we'll be back next week with more fantasy football info to take your team deep here on the nine route fantasy football podcast